Well, happy Easter Resurrection Sunday, New Creation Family Church. Jesus is alive and well and living in me and you if you've received him. <laughs> I'm just excited because I've been thinking about the power of the resurrection. His life in us, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in us. I'm a little bit fired up here, so hopefully I can get y'all fired up too. And this probably ain't your mama's Easter message, okay? Because it's probably not. So I'm going to be talking about walking in newness of life. You know, what does the resurrection mean? You know, a lot of people just like, okay, it's Easter. Jesus is alive. He's real. Yes, he is alive. He's real. And that's what makes Christianity not a religion because he is alive, because of the power of the Holy Spirit that is available to us in our lives. Now, does everybody experience the power of the Holy Spirit in their lives? I'll answer that for you. <laughs> the answer to that would be no. The Holy Spirit goes and stays where he is welcome, you know? So I'm going to, like I said, I'm going to talk to you about walking in newness of life. I'm going to... Uh, go through some scriptures first. You know, people want to receive from God. You know, they see things in the Bible like, oh, that sounds good. That sounds nice. But some folks don't know how to receive those things in their life. See, Jesus already accomplished things through his death and his resurrection for us. But there's a part that we have to play in order to receive those things. It is finished, Jesus said on the cross. It is. But it doesn't mean that we don't do our part. He has already done his. His part was finished. Now we've got to take hold of what Jesus has already taken hold of for us. So when we take hold of that, he works with us. But we need to cooperate with him in order to receive the reality of the word in our lives. It just doesn't happen. And we can see things that other people have and be like, wow, that's so nice. That brother has this. This sister has this. You know, I'd like that too. And you know, you can have that stuff just as much as brother and sister spiritual or who you think is spiritual or brother and sister so-and-so have. You can have God's spirit in your life, active, alive, and working in your life because he is alive. But there's things that you must do. It just, you know, the blessings and the promises of God and the power of God just doesn't fall on someone. You know, there's a price to pay to receive from God. You know, the Bible says to fight the good fight of faith. Let's find that. Okay. Let me see. I think that's in Timothy, but I don't remember. So I'm going to look it up real quick. That wasn't in my notes, but we're going to go there. Let me put that up and pull that up and look for that for you. You know, the promises of God usually don't always come easy. You know, people want things instant and want things right away. But the Bible talks very clear about fighting a good faith, that faith and patience we inherit the promises. You know, we've got to stay the course to the end till we see the promise manifest in our life. We've got to stay the course with the word of God. We don't give up when, when things don't look like they're working. We don't give up when things get hard. We don't stop speaking God's word when things get hard. We don't be led by our emotions or our thoughts, or the circumstances around us. So 1 Timothy 6, 12. We're going to pull that up and look at that. I'm going to read it to you. Fight the good fight of faith. See, it's a good fight when you're in faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. See, eternal life isn't just for heaven. 
that's part of the life we live now. You know, my dear friend, and she was like a mother to me, Jenny Grind, you know, she always sang a song, More Than Conquerors. And she'd always say, I'm like, we've been made. No, I'm, gonna try, I'm not going to try it. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> More Than Conquerors, Overcomers in This Life. And she'd say, this life, this life. And she sang it and said it way better than I ever could. <laughs> but she emphasized it's for this life. You know, too many people are waiting to get to heaven and just living defeated lives. And that's not what Jesus promised. Part of salvation, part of eternal life is taking hold of the promises of God for the here and now. You know, Jesus loves us so much that he provided a way to get to heaven. But he did more than that. You know, he did way more than enough. I mean, that would have been way more than enough. But he provided everything we need to live a life in victory here on earth right now but it's up to us whether we do or not we've got to cooperate with him it's up to us whether we live our lives in victory it's not up to god you know it's not oh the devil this the devil that the bible the devil that the bible says greater is he that's in us than he that it's in the world we have to see ourselves the way it really is, not the way we believed because of circumstances, the way we've been taught in the past that wasn't right, the way people have told us things about ourselves that weren't true. The, we can't believe the voice of, oh, this always was this way in the past, so it's always going to be this way. No, we need to take hold of the promises of God and go forward and, and change things. He's given us the ability to change things. How do we do that? By speaking the word of God. Amen. The Bible says the word of faith is in our hearts and in our mouths. So it's not enough to have the word in our hearts. It must be in our hearts though in order for it to work, in order for our faith to work. So don't misunderstand me. But we need to speak it out of our mouths. Some people have said at times, well, I believe the Bible, but they're not speaking it. You must speak God's word. Oh, I don't feel like saying it. It doesn't matter what you feel. If you're going to receive from God, you've got to speak the word of God in faith. You've got to get the word of God in your heart. And how do you get the word of God in your heart? You get the word of God in your heart by hearing it, hearing it. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. And that also means, you know, going to church, that means listening to the word, reading the word yourself and speaking it, reading yourself and speaking out of your mouth. That's how faith comes by continually hearing the word, not by having heard the word. We've got a purpose in our hearts to stay in the word. And that means Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It means every day. And there's a scripture in the Old Testament that I just heard in my spirit and I've Read it so many times in my life, and let me try to find it again. Okay. And I don't remember where it is, but I will pull it up. And that wasn't in my notes either. Okay, yeah, here it is. I knew it was in Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 7. Now, this is good for you folks raising kids, but this goes for anybody, okay? And we all need to do this, Okay. Let's see, Deuteronomy 6, 7, okay. Let's start with um, Deuteronomy 6, 6. We'll start there. Let's pull that up. Deuteronomy 6, 6, all right. Let's see here, okay. And these words which I command you this day shall be in your heart. See, the Bible is telling us that we must get God's word in our hearts. 
Um, some of us have God's word a whole bunch in our hearts. Some of us have God's word a little bit in our hearts. Some of us had God's word in our hearts years ago, and we let that slip. So the cares of the world and the circumstances and things have choked that out, and it needs to be put back in there again. We have to be continually putting the word of God in our hearts. And I purpose in my heart this year to be even more diligent with that than I've ever been in my life, even more and more. But this year is going to be, I've decided even greater for me of getting the word of God in my heart, even more so. So if that means writing it down and putting it on little cards, or if it means, you know, listening to um, scriptures um, being read every day or listening to it teaching every day, but we need to make sure that we're speaking the word of God out of our own mouths every day. Because um, there were statistics, I don't know, maybe Pastor Gary can help with that a little bit. That I, If you don't remember it exactly, that's okay. About like how when you speak the word out of your own mouth you believe it more so help. i don't remember the just numbers, help me a little bit with that <laughs> but if you if you hear yourself say it yeah that's what i was getting at go ahead then it sticks with you better than hearing someone else say yeah it even better because yeah. you trust your own voice amen yeah so it's important to um speak it out every day the word of god we should be speaking it like it said the, the bible says the word of faith is in our hearts and in our mouths it's not enough to just have it in our hearts without speaking it. And it's not enough to just have it in our mouths without it being in our heart. And that was on retaining mouth. it. If you read it, uh -huh. you remember uh -huh. a certain percentage of it. Okay. If you hear it read to you, there's an increased right. retention. Right. And if you hear yourself that's it. No. saying it, that's when it's Yeah, that's what I was trying to get out. Thank you. Okay, so I was in Deuteronomy, right? And these words which I, Deuteronomy 6, 6, and these words which I command thee this day shall be in your heart. So it must be in your heart. God's saying your, the word of God must be in your heart. Okay? Um, and it says, and thou shalt teach them diligently to your children, shall talk of them when you sit in their house, and when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise up. Man, that's a lot of word talking there. So the things that we should be constantly talking about in, in our homes is the word of God. And it says here, um, for those of you still raising kids, mine are grown, but it says, um, you shall diligently teach them to your kids. I mean, honestly, don't be all raising your hands or anything like that, but all of you think about it, and those that are listening to the podcast, those of you have kids, are you diligently teaching the word to your kids diligently? Or are you slacking off some, and when they're teenagers, you're leaving them to themselves. Ooh, pull your toes back, y'all, because I'd be stepping on some. <laughs> Because I've seen, you know, people raising teenagers and they step back and they kind of leave them to their, their spiritual lives of their teenagers to themselves. That's not God's way. You know, they're still minors. You're still responsible for them to teach them the word diligently, not just leave them to themselves and hope they're doing what they need to do with the things of God. You're still, it's still your responsibility to raise them. It really is. It, you know, they can't just do whatever they want. You're not fulfilling your role as a parent if you're letting them do whatever they want and, and slack off in things of God. You're not doing your job. I'm just telling you the truth. Like I said, this ain't your mama's Easter message, just like I said. <laughs> so, all right, let's see now. Where was I on that? So we were talking about walking in newness of life and talking about getting God's word in our hearts. Okay, so let's go to Ephesians chapter 2. I'm going to tell you some other things that happened when Jesus rose from the dead. 
my phone locked out, so let me go find Ephesians chapter 2. Let's see here. Let's see here. All right. That's pulling up right now. Let's start with let's start with verse one on that. I could spell Ephesians right that again today. <laughs> I know how I just didn't spell it right today. Okay, here we go. Let's pull that up. Ephesians two. As for you and me, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live, when you followed the ways of the world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air. That was called the prince of, pow of the power of the air, you know. The spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of the flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive for Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved, and God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. In order that the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. So see, it says here, we were raised up with him. It says that you were dead in your transgressions and sins. See, Jesus took sin on the cross for us. And the Bible says that sin no longer shall have dominion over us. So you can claim that if you're struggling with certain sin, you can claim that. You need to begin to see yourself free of that. You need to begin to see yourself through the finished work of Jesus, not through the eyes of your struggle. Because you can claim this. You can start confessing the word of yourself. No, I'm free from such and such a sin in Jesus' name. And, you know, you line up your will and submit your will to God, though. And you confess that, repent, line your will up to his will, surrender him. And if it, it seems difficult, say, no, sin no, shall no longer have dominion over me. In Jesus' name, I'm free from that. I was once dead in my sin, but now I'm alive at Christ. I'm raised up with him through his resurrection. That's one of the things that Jesus did through his uh, death and resurrection. We died to sin, and now we live to Christ, the Bible says. We died to sin, yeah, and, go ahead. and that means you... Treat that like a dead man would. Dead men aren't tempted to rob banks and kill people and <laughs> and kiss on women that they shouldn't be. And, you know, uh, that's not what dead men do. So you're dead to that. You have to see yourself that way. Yes. And when you when Jesus rose from dead, you rose to newness of life. You're a new creation. The Bible says. So stop seeing yourself as a slave to sin. You're a slave to righteousness, the Bible says. And of course, we have to line our lives up with that and make decisions to serve God. But if you're struggling, having a hard time with certain sins, you need to confess you think that, no, sin no longer has rule over me in Jesus' name. Because I rose with Christ when he rose from the dead and I'm free from sin and I'm a new creation. That's the things you need to be start saying to yourself. You need to see yourself that way instead of say, seeing yourself as a struggling person. See yourself through the finished work of Jesus, you know. So let's see here. Let's go to Romans chapter 6. Let's see here. 
And I think we'll begin at verse 4. Let me save that. Uh, maybe we'll go, let's see. No, let me go with, with the beginning of that. Let's start at the very first verse of that. Romans chapter 6. What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning that grace may increase? By no means. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may, have, may live a new life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. For we know that our old self was crucified with him, that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that you should no longer be slaves to sin, because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. So when I was younger and I first got saved, I was about 10 years old when I got saved, and I was up in adult church, and, and someone was preaching that message, and I didn't understand a word of it. I'm thinking, what does that mean, I died? What are they even talking about? How can they say I died? I'm like, it doesn't mean that we physically died. It means that when Jesus took that sin for us, that's what that's talking about. When he rose again, he made us a new creation. That's basically, basically what that is saying, just to put it in really easy to understand language. We didn't actually physically die. Jesus did, and he took the sin for us. And he made it so that way we can be a new creation. We don't have to choose sin. We don't have to choose sin. We can choose to do things his way. We have his spirit in us. We have the ability to do that because we're no longer slaves of sin. We died to sin and we're alive to righteousness. So that is what that's saying. Now let's go over to Galatians 2.20. Okay, let's see here. Galatians 2.20. Okay, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. See, it says right there that when Jesus died on the cross, we died with him to sin. When he rose, we rose in freedom from that. And we live a new life. You know, in, in the Bible, it says, what is it? Is that Romans 12? Uh, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. So in other words there, it, it um, there was something else that I want, yeah. Oh yeah, it says that it's our reasonable service. So Jesus died on the cross for us. He did so much for us. We're bought with a price. It is our reasonable service to live for him. It's He's not asking something that is unreasonable, all he did for us. So we've just got to make decisions to walk in newness of life. The Bible talks about putting on the new man. It's our choice whether we live holy. And we're commanded to, but of course Jesus doesn't force us. And, and the way to um, receive the promises of God and have the blessings of God in our life is to live a holy life. Some folks, they try to you know, get things from God and not live a holy life. It doesn't work that way. See, when we live holy... We can effectively use our authority. It, it just won't work. The devil will laugh at us for not living holy. It won't work. We, we can pray and speak and do everything else and, and even believe, but if we're not living holy, we can't receive. But don't think you're doomed. We just repent and choose to do things God's way. Don't think, oh no, I'm too far gone. I did this and I did that. All it takes is, Father, forgive me. I am sorry and mean it. 
and ask him to help you and make decisions and 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 do things that are not going to sow to the flesh but to sow to your spirit like i said getting that word in your heart will transform you so that way you can obey it let's go to joshua 1 8 let's go to that and i'll, I'll be getting ready to close here soon but Joshua 1 8 then I'll do a recap I always like to recap the main points just to make sure everybody's getting it because if I preach and you don't really get what I'm saying or understand it or you forget what good is it going to do you I, I preach so that way you can apply it you know so I'm going to go to Joshua 1 8 and it says it's a pretty familiar scripture to most people but keep this book of the law always on your lips meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it then you'll be prosperous and successful i don't like that translation as much because it really other translators say then you will make your way prosperous see it's up to you god did everything he's going to do through jesus we have to work with him in order to receive those things in our lives we got to cooperate with the holy spirit so um see it says if you keep the book of law always on your list meditate day and night so that you can be careful to do everything written in it see if the word isn't in your heart it's going to be hard to do what it says meditate the word that means like speak the word think the word you know and then that way you'll be able to be quick to obey the word but the word of god must be in our hearts you know so we're talking about you know resurrection sunday easter walking in newness of life um jesus provided everything we need to live as overcomers here in this life now but we must choose to um you know, take hold of what Jesus has already taken hold of for us. And that means taking hold of the promises of God. But that also means living a holy life. That's the way to victory in life. There is no other way of, around that. If we're going to have more victory in our life, we have to live more holy lives. And it's we're all growing and none of us are doomed. Don't feel like that if you've done things in the past. Just repent and go forward. Don't let the devil beat you down. That is a trick of the enemy to keep you where you're at. Don't let him. Do not let him keep you where you're at by self-pity because, oh, woe is me. I did this, I did that. No, rise up, get up. The Bible says a righteous man falls seven times, but he gets back up again. I don't know if I'm quoting that exactly right, but but am I kind of? Not kind of. Call it kind of? I think kind of. Kind of? Let's see if I, I can find I that so I can quote it right. It's in the Old Testament. Let me see if I can find that to quote it right, and I will quote it right for you. Righteous man falls. Let's see here. A lot of this isn't in my notes, so I'm just like saying it, you know. Okay. Okay. Proverbs 24, 16. For though a righteous man falls seven times, he will get up. So you have to choose to get up. We're all learning and growing, and we're all supposed to be living a life of repentance. That doesn't mean... I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Repentance means changing. That means we're all growing and changing. If we mess up, we get back up and don't stay in that place. And we run farther and stronger than before. Don't let the devil lie to you. Oh, I'm too unholy. I did this. I did that. The devil wants you to stay where you are and not go further. That's his trick. That's his lie. And lose the self-pity because with self-pity, self-pity will paralyze you in your tracks. Get up, dust yourself off, and claim the promise of God. There, you have no reason to feel sorry for yourself. Jesus is your Lord. I don't have any reason to feel sorry for myself. Jesus is my Lord. He's given me everything I need to succeed in life. So we don't have any reason to feel sorry. We're not sorry people. We're more than conquerors. So 
we can rise up, but choose to believe the word of God, do the word of God and go forward because he will never fail us or forsake us. He will honor those that honor him. So let's see what else I want to say about all this. If there's anything else I want to say, I just hope you all are getting this. I'm touching on a few different things, but this is Resurrection Sunday and I'm trying to teach you it was on my heart to talk about walking in newness of life. Okay, so you guys can always, I'm going to, we're going to post the podcast, this message. You guys, I encourage you to go back and listen to this and share it with your friends. And we put this on the um, the Transformation Podcast on Spotify and all the, everywhere you can, or most places you can find podcasts, you know. Uh, listen to it, share it with your friends, you know. It'll, you know, we just want to bless people and help people in their lives, you know. So that's why we're here. We're obeying God because we love him and we love you, you know. And uh, God's got so many great plans for you. Don't let the devil lie to you. But, you know, it, it, we've got to do the word even when it's hard. It's easy to do the word when it's easy and things are, you're feeling better and, and things are going right. But the devil, the Bible says that we have an adversary, the devil, who walks about as a roar, a, I can never say roaring, a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. You know, you don't have to let him devour you. You can stand up strong in the Lord by doing the word of God, speaking it, choosing to believe it, getting it in your heart. He doesn't have to devour you. But you have to realize, you know, this is a walk of faith, not a walk of feelings. It's easy, like I said, to, to praise the Lord and hallelujah and Jesus is so good when everything's going good. Attacks come to everybody. And you just have to realize you're not the only one getting attacked. So it's time to rise up and stand up and take hold of what Jesus has already taken hold of for you. Now I'm going to turn off this... Um, this uh, recording, and we're going to pray a little bit. I'm going to pray for, for the folks. I'm going to turn it off.